this is Justin Haley driving the number 31 College Racing Chevrolet in the NASCAR Cup Series. Hey guys, this is Sheldon Creed, driver of the number two wheel in Chevrolet for RCI Race. Hey everybody, this is Adam Alexander from NASCAR on Fox. This is Sam Mayer. You're listening to the You're listening to the Front Stretch Podcast with Brian and Brian Moore. going on this is the week of march 14th 2023 and is there a new top dog at hms what's going on ladies and gentlemen on this week's edition of the program we're gonna be chatting with justin haley our michael massey talked with him at the class we're gonna talk about a plethora of things which xfinity races is, is he gonna be running with what matt colleague and chris rice are like behind the scenes and then what's been the biggest adjustment from xfinity to the cup ranks all that and more also my man mr danny peters is going to be joining me we're going to be recapping phoenix does willie b is he the big guy is he the top guy at hms now we're going to be diving into if phoenix deserves two dates the plethora of penalties that got announced on wednesday morning including hendrick motorsports the largest fine by one organization in history of nascar and then did denny hamlin really deserve to get fined we're going to talk all about that and more. We got so much to talk about in a little bit of time to do so. So let's just go ahead and wave this green flag. Buggity, buggity, buggity. Let's go racing, boys. What's going on, guys? This is the Front Stretch Podcast. And we're bringing to the program one of the most well-liked people in Front Stretch. You got probably the coolest accent out of anybody that I know. The one, the only, the, one of my biggest Golden State Warriors fans like myself, Mr. Danny Peters. Danny, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for that ridiculously overgenerous introduction. <laughs> I will make the Zell payment to you after the show for that. Love one. it. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Um, no, Danny, you're you're an awesome guy, and it's been way too long since we've had you on um, this program. I, I was uh, beyond impressed with what you did with Mr. Adam Cheek on Stock Car Scoop, so we decided to elevate you to uh, to this podcast, and my friend, and in comparison um, what we saw on the racetrack, a little upgrade for William Byron, not winning one race on the West Coast Swing. He won back-to-back races on the west coast swing once again battle between him and kyle larson ends up with kevin harvick going and leading out front until harrison burton spins that bunches the field together and william byron excels on the restart gets the victory two weeks in a row danny is this year different for mr byron denny hamlin said so on his podcast he thinks he's going to be in the championship four what do you think I, mean, I think the, the the obvious answer is yes, right? Just on a on a simple level, the the twenty four and the five have been the class of the field so far. They look, you know, head and shoulders, streets ahead, front stretches ahead of the rest of the field. <laughs> so that obviously helps to have a fast car. But I think with Byron, you've got a driver who's kind of rounding into his own. I think some of that shyness maybe that he had early on in his career is starting to fade and I think the influence of Jeff Gordon is helping him there but you know this is his fifth full season approaching 200 races I think we're at 184 right now for him six wins 28 top fives and it feels like it's a moment for him that he can really push on and and make that final four I will say though because you got to always give the other point right (laughs) 
he did win two of the first eight races last year and then he just had three top tens in the next 20 races now still made the last eight but you know he had a pretty precipitous drop off last season you know will we see that again um one more interesting point and um i read this i think it was in a jeff gluck piece but said that the 24 has really focused on sim in the off season and especially las vegas and phoenix you know looking back at what joe logano did last season with that win at vegas giving him the two weeks two weeks off before phoenix and then dominating at phoenix and winning the championship you know they focused on those tracks perhaps with that in mind and you know, it, it, it augurs well for Willie B if he can make that final eight and maybe make that push to final four and ultimately a championship. I love, I love Clint caught that on Jeff Gluck's top five because I, I read that and I was a little, I was like, oh, th- that uh, Rudy Fugel in his post-race presser said that they've been focusing a lot on two races in particular in the sim, the Vegas and the Phoenix. And last fall in the Vegas, Joey Logano won. And what else did he win? He won the season uh, finale, championship race at Phoenix because once you win at Las Vegas in the fall, you got two free weeks to just dial your car in for the championship race of Phoenix after winning in Las Vegas. Um, Danny, with that being said, leading up to this championship race, Phoenix, one of uh, probably like seven or eight tracks that have one or more dates or two or more dates. I apologize. Um, and l- let's be honest, Mr. Peters, not the best racing. Obviously, the restarts were crazy and with the dog leg and everything, but they, they do tend to get strung out. I, I uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think Jeff Gluck said there was only like 11 green flag um, uh, passes for the lead um, on Sunday. And well, not not the best. So I ask you this, my friend, does Phoenix deserve two dates and do they deserve the championship race? So, you know, I hate to be that stat person because I like to leave that to people on front <laughs> stretch who are like Stephen, who, who's better than I am at this stuff. But 10 lead changes, three due to, to green flag pit cycles. So Ooh, clearly yeah. it was really, really hard to pass, right? Um, and also on the stats front, I think 11 tracks have two dates. Okay, perfect. Daytona, Atlanta, Las Vegas, Phoenix, Talladega. Darlington, Martinsville, Bristol, Charlotte, Richmond, Kansas. Is that 12? Look at you. Wow. Uh, if I've got all those right, I, I I need some kind of front stretch medal from Tom Bowles. But, oh, my uh, gosh. Tom, give this guy a medal or something. <laughs> my gosh. Well done, Danny. But, um, you know, I think the question of, of, of two dates is an interesting one. And, you know, we've seen other tracks kind of go uh, Pocono, Michigan tracks that have gone from two to two to one. And, for me, I think there's an argument to be made that if you have that final race of the season, that that should be enough. I mean, that's the the championship race. That's, you know, it doesn't get outside of the Daytona 500. It doesn't get any bigger than that, right? So I think there's a case to be made for that final race. Okay, that's the one race you have in the season. Obviously, it works out with the schedule with this West Coast swing for there to be a second race in Phoenix at this time of year. But, you know, hey, it's raining here today in, in San Francisco. It's... <laughs> raining everywhere i have we had snow when i went to fontana so um so yeah i mean the, and, and just one final thought on this there are so many great tracks right this season we're going to see the return of a famous old track for the all-star race and you know there are lots of great tracks and i think you know as the series looks to switch up where and how they're racing you know we'll see chicago the chicago road course this year uh, a new a new circuit or a new a new race i should say it's not really a new circuit being a street course but 
So I think there's a case to be made for limiting the number of tracks that have two races. And if you have the championship race, to me, that should be enough. I'm with you. I think uh, if you got the championship race, I don't think you need another race. And and I think that they do clarify that just because they want it to round out the West Coast swing. And because there's, I mean, there's not really many tracks available that are what seventy degrees right now. I mean, here in here in Idaho, it's I think fifty, but it's pouring down rain. So um, in Atlanta this weekend, I saw there was going to be a low of like thirty two. So, I mean, even we're in middle of March and still going low temperatures. So we'll just have to uh, see and wait what happens. And uh, thank goodness I'm not in charge of the schedule. Uh, That is for sure. Danny, we recorded most of this on Tuesday, but it came out early Wednesday morning that a huge set of penalties were announced. Let's we'll dive into the little bit before the massive mother load of penalties. Let's start first with Denny Hamlin. It was revealed Monday afternoon that he said on his podcast, Action to Detrimental, he purposely, he intentionally wrecked Ross Chastain. Well, Elton Sawyer came out and said, if you t- if you say that you're going to intentionally wreck someone, we are going to fine you $50,000 and then 25 driver's points. Denny Hamlin, as of this recording, uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, he did um, put on his Twitter that he will not be appealing his... He, Denny Hamlin did tweet, though, that he will not be appealing to NASCAR. However, he will be making an appeal to the people. He will see you next Monday. Hashtag ADDH, which is his uh, Twitter or his podcast, Actions Detrimental. So, Danny, 25 driver's points, $50,000. Should Denny Hamlin have gotten fined? I mean, I think in this whole situation, what Denny Hamlin was looking for from Ross Chastain was a bit of R-E-S-P-E-C-T, as Aretha Franklin once put it, you know, and that's what he was looking for. And I think they had got to a place after this, they had talked about what had happened and it seemed like they had come to a a truce and they were going to move forward, you know, worth noting too, that the incident in question wasn't even a caution, didn't affect any other drivers. It was just those two. So it felt like after all the multiple issues last year, that it was over and done with a line had been drawn they were both ready to move on and there we go so you know he talked about it very openly in his in his podcast and if you haven't listened to his podcast yet i think it's uh, not you i know you have but like you know dear listener um (laughs) it's well worth a, a listen because you know denny is is very honest and open and forthright and you know, he has actually has been throughout his entire career, which, you know, began at the cup level back in 2005 um, at Kansas. And, you know, he's always been a very open driver. And you, you wonder in a situation like this, he's come out, he's told it like it was, he's, he's explained what he's done, that it was deliberate. And so th- there's no doubt there as to what his actions, his actions detrimental were. <laughs> use the pun from his podcast but like moving forward from here if you're a driver and you know you you basically can't ever say that you did something deliberately it's always got to be a no comment it's always got to be a um well you know the these these things happen on track kind of thing you you, you're taking away the ability for drivers i think to be honest about what 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 they do on track because they know they're going to get a fine i think you know in the grand scheme of things, $50,000 probably doesn't make a big difference to to a driver like Denny Hamlin, who's made millions in his career. But, 
the 25 points is, is a significant difference. You know, if you look at last season at Martinsville, okay, we had the Hail Mellon move, but in the end it was, what, two points, three points? I'm sure if you probably remember exactly how many, but it was, you know, less than five points was was the difference, even with that Hail Mellon move. Now, this season, these 25 points that he's lost, let's say that's the difference between him finishing, you know, seventh and eighth in the overall standings or seventh and ninth, let's say. Those additional playoff points that he'll miss out on could be the difference come come the playoffs in, in the different rounds. So, you know, should he have been fined? I mean, he came out and said he did it deliberately. So there's one argument to be made. Well, you know, he's deliberately admitted actions detrimental on the racetrack. <laughs> But I think given the history between the two of them, I think a fine and a slap on the wrist and a do anything else and there will be a points deduction would have been a fairer penalty to me. How do you view it? I I feel like this sets a precedent that if you fully admit saying, yes, I intentionally wreck someone, you're going to get this kind of fine. We we saw it and we're going to talk about with what happened with RFK uh, last year at Daytona. They got fined. 100 points as well as 50 as well as 100,000 and that's what happened with with Hendrick Motorsports and they set a precedent. So I want NASCAR to set the precedent saying okay, you intentionally wreck someone, you're going to get a fine $50,000 and then 25 bonus points. If if let's say for example, let's say Joe Logano spins out Brad Keselowski, I'm just throwing it out there and they only find him 25,000 only 10 bonus points, where's the consistency? I just want to see consistency all throughout the board, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree. And, and also then, you know, knowing that the drivers aren't going to admit it, how do you judge it? Exactly. Yeah. Something, you know, I, mean, I think in that case, you, you 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 could make an argument looking at that on the track. You Maybe it was just one of those racing deals, two tires, the guys with four tires coming from behind. But I, I think it's a shame that, you know, the era of have at it, boys – um, you probably say that better in American for me. Have that. <laughs> um, that era is dead. You know, there, it's got to be our oh, rattling his cage kind of from now on, mm-hmm. you know, they, and I think it's a shame. I think it takes away to some extent that self-policing element because a driver isn't going to be able to come out and say, let's say, you know, you know, Kyle gets spun by Joey. Let's say he's not going to be able to come out and post race and say, Oh, he'll get his. Because that'll be, you know, then if that happens down the line, well, you said he'll get his and and he got his. So um, I, I think a fine, a slap on the wrist and a don't do it again. Otherwise, there will be points deduction would have been fairer to me. I agree. I think uh, setting this precedent with with losing points sets a dangerous uh, precedent going forward. Um, with that being said, though, it also came out earlier uh, on Wednesday that the Number five, number nine, number 24, and then number 48 all violated sections 6.1, uh, the overall assembled vehicle rules about their radiator duct, a unapproved modification of a single source vendor supplied part. That being said, Cliff Daniels, Alan Gustafson, Rudy, Ryan Fugel, and Blake Harris all been fined $100,000 each, suspended for the next four cup races. But most importantly, Danny, the team and the driver have been assessed with 100 points and 10 NASCAR playoff points, 100 points lost, 10 NASCAR playoff points lost. NASCAR setting a very, very firm line in the sand. Do not mess with these cars. And if you do, you're going to get a massive penalty handed down to them. And they did it to not one, but all 400 motorsports cars, Danny. 
Well, I mean, you do it to one, you do it to all four. I think that that that, that seems fair to me. I mean, I, I, I'll address the bigger picture in a minute, but just on a on the points deduction, I think the hundred points it's not going to make any difference to those four drivers come the end of the season, but it is those 10 playoff points that will almost certainly have an impact at the sharp end of the season, potentially looking at that final cutoff race at Martinsville before Phoenix. That That's where those 10 points could loom large. I will also say, given that the Chevys and the Hendrick Chevys seem to be like, what, like 84 times faster than the rest of the field, yeah. like, it feels likely that they're all going to win again and they're going to win multiple races, maybe challenging that 19 wins for a single, uh, a single team for one season. Um, so I, th- but I do think come the, come the, the, the tough part of the season, come the sort of sharp end of the season, sorry, that it, that it will be an, an issue. And we might look back at this moment and say, that's why Willie B is not racing in the final four, you know, why Chase Elliott isn't racing in the final four and, I think for him, especially, it's difficult knowing he's going to be out for a short period. But, you know, we talked in the, when we were talking about Denny, we talked about Preston and we talked about consistency. And I think both those two things are so important. We saw, you referenced it a little bit ago, but RFK getting a, a similar uh, penalty last year. Uh, front row getting a similar penalty in July for, for modifications of, of parts. And, you know, so so I am encouraged to see that those rules that were levied against RFK and front row were also levied against Hendrick. And, you know, I think there would have probably been, probably was a bunch of Twitter conspiracy theories last night about it, them not getting fined anything because of who they are. I mean, the other thing I'd mention here is, is Denny Hamlin getting a DQ. I mean, as a race winner at Pocono, and that hasn't happened for, for years and years because of the extra piece of tape underneath the, the, the paint scheme wrap. So I, I'm glad to see that NASCAR have been consistent with this. I think it does, you know, it really strongly sets a precedent now. Like if another team is, we hear a story next week, oh, so-and-so team has so-and-so part, and well, we know what's coming, you know, because there will not be any other way they can do it. What I do think is interesting is... You know, Jeff Gordon talked before about a miscommunication. And so I, I would think that whatever that miscommunication was, that's probably wrapped up in the Hendrick, and correct me if I'm wrong, but they are talking about appealing that, that yes, decision. They, they did say um, that they will appeal. Um, they won't appeal for this week's race, but for the final three weeks that they are suspended, they will appeal. So it should the appeal should start uh, for the upcoming race at COTA. And we've certainly seen things change under the appeal process, but it, it does seem hard given what happened to the teams last season. What's what's the leeway here? And if there was leeway, if there was a miscommunication, if there was something that we don't know about, then surely that would have been considered in NASCAR's response to this. But, you know, huge penalties. And Alex Bowman goes from leading the points to what, 27th or something now. And, um, you know, you know, it's sort of, it switches up, it switches up in the short term, the overall standings, but I think come the end of the season, you'll see those four Hendrick cars in the playoffs, probably all four cars with multiple wins. The question will be, will those 10 points loom large as we get to the, you know, the, 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 the last couple of stages of the playoffs? 
Now, a couple of things here. Chase Elliott obviously has a broken fibula, so he did not participate. His team just got fined. He personally did not get fined. And then, uh, according to Bob Pockers of Fox Sports, he tweeted, if I did the math right, Bowman dropped from first in the standings to 23rd. William Byron from fourth to 29th. Kyle Larson from fifth now to 32nd. Chase Elliott actually moved up from 29th to 26th. And then we didn't even talk about Justin Haley getting it. Uh, he also got the same penalty, but it was in pre-qualifying inspection instead of opening day inspection. Did get the same penalty as the Hendricks four. He now is 49th in points and has negative points. He is negative 40. Um, so he's not even in the positives. Um, so he's got a little bit of a hole to dig out of starting this upcoming week. And yeah, ne- like- negative points sound bad, right? Oh, yeah. Not good. Not good. We're not playing That's golf today. So, uh, uh, yeah, not 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 good, my friend. So I'm um, not. Was not that you last night? Was that you last night at Top Golf? Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't really want to talk about it. I mean, the wife beat me. Oh uh, yeah, it was bad. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I, I know she is too, but I personally am not. Um, with that being said, Danny, let's dive into our interview that I conducted a little bit ago with, or should I say, Michael Massey conducted a little bit ago with Mr. Justin Haley, the driver of the number thirty-one car, who have everybody aware this was obviously recorded before the penalty it was recorded during the clash weekend so uh he obviously was in a better mood than how he probably is right now so that being said here's the interview thanks brian i'm michael massey and right now i am joined by the driver of the number 31 college racing chevrolet justin haley um so this You've shown a lot of success with this track so far. They said there won't be a points race uh, at Auto Club next year. Uh, well, any race in Auto Club next year. Do you think that this should be a points race, or do you think it should stay as like an exhibition? Um, I mean, it's it's still whoever has the fastest cars can win. You know, I mean, it's uh, still a racetrack, just like Martinsville or or Bristol or Bristol Dirt. You know, it's same racetrack for everyone and we're racing yeah. on it um you know i mean is, is it smaller and, and more of an event than a race probably but um that doesn't mean that we can't take a different perspective at it yeah i guess um the, the question people would have would be like pit stops or like if you had a rack or yeah something um, like that like what what would happen that would probably be the one yeah determining factor would be pit stops and length of race i mean 150 laps around here is it seems short but um physically it's it's a lot this is probably the most physically demanding racetrack we come to it's very um after my first run i was out of breath just because the laps are, are so short and it's it's hard to remind yourself to breathe so you could have a 500 mile a lap no, race here absolutely, like, absolutely the, not, like no. a martinsville or that something huh atrocious. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so even though this race doesn't mean anything for the championship do you think a good run here will contribute to like a good season will it help you build momentum at all uh i mean i don't know we ran pretty good out here last year and, and uh struggled a little bit mm. but uh no we just know a lot more and our team is, is a lot uh stronger than it was last year at this time i mean this race last year me and aj came out here in the same hauler used one toolbox and had one one crew worth of guys you know it it was barely a race team at that point. Um, now we have two, you know, our own crews and our own pit boxes and our own haulers and everything. So 
pretty cool to see what it's transformed into. Gotcha. Did you guys bring backup cars? Because that's no, a, that's no, a I jargon. Can't, I can't imagine we have a backup car. Okay. I don't think we do at any tracks. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Okay. Um, just because of all the parts. Yeah, I mean, there's, like, there's definitely together. a whole set of parts up there, but okay. not an actual car. Gotcha. Share a backup car. Yeah, okay. Our okay. Star Alliance, we, we were able to get one if we need one from RCR. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, now, you ended the last season strong. You had two top fives uh, in the last seven races. Uh, what what started clicking there at the end of the season? Yeah, I mean, it, I wouldn't say anything was necessarily clicking. I just think that we uh, started executing on pit road a little bit better, and um, there's a lot of things as a new team that you have to you have to clean up, and it takes a while. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it was a brand new team. You know, we, we built it from the ground up. It, it's a uh, easy you know a lot of times people compare us to track house but they bought a race team you know yeah, that was already yeah. pre-established and, and uh we went out and and took every step and did it on our own so um pretty proud of that and what mac kelly's been able to accomplish and um we'll just keep building so you guys really had to go through like the growing pains yeah i mean we stuff. we uh we we don't have our own in-house pit crews we lease them out mm-hmm. um they're developmental pit crews or were developmental pit crews they're not anymore but um yeah so our pit crew is a little bit better this year and, and track house has done an excellent job for that and working with us and um yeah it just it takes time i mean the, the race teams we're racing against are billion dollar organizations with decades of experience yeah. and and personnel that are deep um you know last year we had two wheels come off on my car a wheel come off on aj's car and i mean for half the season neither of us had our crew chiefs so um yeah it was, it was just tough and um, just part part of the process. Gotcha. Um, what what are the obviously everybody wants to win a championship. Everybody wants to win all thirty eight races and whatnot. But what were there any like I don't know bullet points goals that you guys like put on the whiteboard or anything to start I, the I year? I haven't said anything. Um, okay. I haven't said anything this year. I, I haven't thought too much into it. I just want to go out there every week and get get the most out of the race car and the most out of the team and uh, just kind of see where we stack up. Okay. Okay. Uh, what does it mean to have AJ at the cup level? What 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 will he add to this cup program? Yeah, well, we've already seen he's quite fiery. Um, <laughs> he's definitely a ball of fire, but um, he's just got experience. And, I mean, he's been professionally racing since I've been alive. Um, so, yeah, just his years of experience. And, uh, you know, he's really good at building a race team around him and, and – uh, his personality in the garage and, and kind of putting the team on his back and being the, the cheerleader and, and the leader of the, the team. So I admire that a lot in him, and um, he just brings a lot to the table. And you got your, your father back as your teammate again, yeah. right? right. Yeah. <laughs> what's, that, what's that like? What's it been like you two kind of getting back together? I, I mean, we, uh, we're we good. We're close. Um, we haven't talked a lot just because it's the start of the season, but obviously yeah. as, as we get rolling here, it'll get a little better. Gotcha. Uh, now it was announced uh, a little bit ago. You were you were doing some Xfinity races uh, in that ten car. Um, Daytona was announced, but do you know what other races you're doing yet? Or no, I don't. You don't know. I've, I've pretty Daytona's. much got a Atlanta. call. Okay, just I got a quick call from Chris Rice. Then he told me I was going to be racing them. So okay, okay. Um, now obviously the cars are completely different. Yeah. But is there anything you can use? Is there anything you can get out of that to use Sunday, no. or is it just for fun? No, I mean, it's, it's just to help out Polly Racing and uh, okay. their Xfinity program, and obviously they're all Speedway-style tracks, so um, 
pretty successful in Xfinity Series on those. And, um, yeah, just, just helping them out, helping out Chandler and Daniel. Gotcha. If you uh, you win this thing tonight, you got any any big celebration plan? Yeah, or I'm going, anything? going dirt racing tomorrow night. Dirt so, racing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> going all the way to Florida to dirt race. All right, sounds good. How many, how many times have you dirt racing this year, do you think? Uh, I'll probably run 15 to 20 shows. Okay. So okay. 15 to 20 nights. But, gotcha. uh, wish I could do it more, but obviously busy. Gotcha. There's, but there's no, like, limit to the team. Because I know Christopher no. Bell, that was a big thing. No, Chris, like, Chris Rice and Matt Colleg, uh fortunately let me do uh, any extracurricular activities and racing that I want to do. Okay. Cool. Well, thanks so much, Justin. And I uh, look forward to talking to you sometime down the road. Once again, a big thanks to Michael Massey for letting me play his interview that I, that he conducted at The Clash. We had some technical difficulties with the, some audio files, and we had a great interview planned, but uh, we just can't find it right now. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things when it rains, it pours. So it's been a struggle, but hey, um, you, you're going to have some of those days. But but once again, just big thanks to Massey for helping me out um, as a content director and um providing a great interview with that being said uh from a great content director to an even better person and a great photographer i mean this guy does fantastic uh photography does some videos he did some videos with jack and steven at fontana at danny peters danny let's dive into atlanta my friend a little bit different than one year ago it, it, it kind of reminds me of like a fun size candy bar compared to a regular size like a regular size would be like daytona talladega this is kind of like a fun size one where you get it you get these candies at Halloween. A little bit different from 500 miles to 400 miles. What are your thoughts on this upcoming weekend here at the ATL, my friend? I, I like I like hearing as you there the fun the fun size track, right? <laughs> but but I th- I think it's a good way to put it. I mean, I thought both races were were really exciting, and you know I, I think the key is that we don't see too many tracks go down this route. You know, we have Daytona, we have Talladega, and now we have Atlanta. That same kind same kind of style race so i wouldn't want to see it be like that everywhere but as you know six races on a 36 race schedule i think it it, it works well for me the switch from 500 to 400 i'm not sure it makes a, a huge amount of difference i think ultimately this is a race that will almost certainly go down to the final lap the final corner um i think the key thing this year to see is you know with a year of that track aging you know what will they will they be strung out a little bit more will they be in such tight packs you know will they have to lift um because i don't know that they did an awful lot of lifting last year so you know will that create a different style of racing within this you know unique style of racing that that this the super speedway uh type of racing already is so i think that's one thing to watch like how much are they lifting and what what effect will that have i i love what you said about handling because with a full year under their belt with the weather i mean it gets hot there's a there's a lot of storms and there's probably a little bit of snow in the winter time how i'm gonna be intrigued to see how much condition this track has changed from one to the other um so with with that being said danny just uh, let's keep let's go from there to our guys to watch for because it feels like when we go to super speedways it's all it's you can choose anybody all 40 or in this case 36 drivers have a chance to win 
Is it kind of like that this for for these two races at Atlanta, one here and then one in July? Does any single driver have a shot at winning this race? I mean, you know, go back to Danny's podcast again. He was talking about uh, drivers on super speedways and how you see over time the certain drivers, you know, you can luck yourself into one win at these tracks. You can't luck yourself into multiple wins or always being up front. So you've got kind of those guys that we tend to see at the front of the pack. I mean, obviously we won't see Chase Elliott, but, you know, the the Brads, the Joeys, the Dennys, you know, guys, guys that we tend to see up front. But... You know, when you look back at the races there from last year, you know, uh, Willie B won the first one, Chase Elliott won the second one. Am I getting that right? Did I get that right? Mm-hmm. Um, thank you. I knew, I knew you'd keep me honest. <laughs> but, so so obviously By- Byron's a threat. But I think if you look sort of throughout the rest of the field, let's not forget Corey LaJoy was, what, a lap and a half away from, from winning? Mm-hmm. Um ran really well all day and i think what a story that would be to see Corey lajoy win so he he's one i think another driver who we saw up front and who has run really well at these types of tracks is is bubba wallace you know bubba was right right in the thick of things till the very end he's had you know a couple of well, second place finish in the daytona 500 so he's another one and then and then why not our friend michael mcdowell you know the daytona 500 winner Maybe McDowell, who's, you know, looked pretty solid over the last year. So, but like you say, I think it really comes down to the fact that, let's be fair, anyone can win, pretty much anyone can win this race. Um, so who do you get? Who do you like for this weekend? For for me, I, I completely agree. I think in, in, for any one driver, all you have to be for to finish first, you must first finish. That's that's a big saying, right? And we saw that with Corey LaJoy. He went all out in July, and unfortunately, he ended up wrecked, and he, he said he wouldn't change it because you know what? He he was going for it, and he was battling. He would have clinched his spot um, with, whether or not he would have made the top 30. That That's a story for a different day, but I digress. For a guy, though, that I'm looking forward to, for, looking at is a guy that's great at super speedways how about the number 31 car justin haley i think justin haley he's been great at daytona great at talladega he was running up in the top 10 at in the first atlanta race um i, I think he can definitely be in contention college cars have been kind of disappointing this year so that's going to be a, a guy i'm going to be watching for and then i think you said it best Corey LaJoy. i mean this guy's on a, on a mission um he knows that there is some big rides opening up next year the four car um there's been some rumblings about chris busher uh, the dbc guys we're talking about the 17 maybe opening up uh eric amarola could be opening up in a year or two so i mean there's some big big um powerhouse teams that could be looking for new drivers so he he knows that he's got to perform and these are the type of races that i think that he can perform and honestly top fives are are realistic top honestly wins are realistic too so those are going to be a couple of uh, drivers i'm going to be keeping your my eye on danny for you um let's go to our picks my friend um maybe a a, a guy that you don't think will win but we'll get a top 10 and top five um guy that you're going to be keeping your eye on and then uh, who do you think is going to win this this hybrid style of racing come sunday afternoon in atlanta I mean, who's going to win? Why don't Why don't we go for the hat trick for the the young man oh, who wears the large okay. hat? Which we like. Um, and then for maybe maybe not an outsider, but 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 I mean, you just mentioned him, but Chris Busher, I, I could see him finishing really well this weekend, and you know, um, maybe even challenging for a for a win. So okay. we'll see. 
I'll go with Willie B for the hat trick. Okay, you got William Byron. He won one year ago um, in, in Atlanta, the first type of a hybrid style he won there. I, I like that pick, Danny. I, I really do. Um, I'm going to go for a guy that could get top 10, top five. Been really impressed. The finishes he doesn't really get, but he's always been up front almost every single week. It's Brad Keselowski. Very impressed with the six car. Um, had a apparently he slid in his pit boxer in the final pit stop, and uh, that's why he finished in the in the tw- in the top twenty. I think fifteenth to seventeenth range. Um, so I I think he could be contending for top five or top ten. But I'm gonna go with the guy that um he ruffled some feathers last year. This is also kind of where it started with Denny. Um, uh, or either this race or in July where he, where he spun Mr. Hamlin. I got the number one car Ross Chastain. I do think Chastain um could uh could ruffle a few f- feathers. I don't think it will be with Hamlin, but. He's not afraid to use that bumper. So I'm going to go with Ross Chastain to get the job done. And I'm going to have Chevy. They're going to go five for five, Danny. Five for five to start the season. They went four for four for the first time since 2001. Going five for five in 2023. Danny, let's head on over to the checkered flag with some final thoughts and wrap it all up, my friend. Checkered flag, here I come. Um, one thing I would just say, um, that I'm excited about to see is, um, Jensen Button in, uh, the 2009 Formula One world champion to see him in a cup car. Um, I got to tell you a quick story. So I was at Fontana, I was on the grid before the race taking pictures and, um, I got to William Byron's car and there was a young kid wearing a NASCAR uh, racing jacket. And the kid must have been, I don't know, four or five, whatever he is, young kid. <laughs> and he's like looking at Willie B's car and you can tell that he's like, this is the greatest thing he's ever seen in his life. And and sort of out of my, my just a little sort of over here, and I'm holding the camera looking at the kid, I see like what must be his dad and the dad is talking to a guy. And so I didn't want to take a photo of the kid just, right off the bat i just so i just looked at the i just went excuse me sir would you mind if i take a picture of your of your son and he um he turns around and he smiles and he says yeah no 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 problem at all mate and i look at it and realize it's it, it it's jensen button and you know in those moments typically i'm like super awkward and i, I look he turned around and looked at me and said of course no problem and i was like oh it's you like and I mean, why i said oh it's you i mean yeah, like I say, awkward in the moment. And I said to him, um, like right off the bat, I was like, hey, we, we need to get you in one of these cars. And he was like, you know, maybe I'll think about it for some road courses, but maybe, you know, maybe, maybe not the ovals, but maybe the road courses. And two weeks later, he announces that he'll be racing three races this season with um, with Rick Ware, Ware Racing starting at Coda. So we will have him and Kimi Raikkonen, two two you know, Formula One world champions. And I think, you know, he, Jensen talked about how he loved he loved Days of Thunder and that's what got him into NASCAR. And, you know, I, I don't expect that he will have like a super good finish. I mean, I think top 20 would be amazing. Um, but it will just be super fun to see him and the, the interest that that will help bring. And whilst we're talking about Formula One drivers and, you know, he got to drive the three car there last year at Kodo, uh, Danny Ricardo. I think it would be great to see him come over and and get some NASCAR. And so, so yeah, I'm I'm excited for that at Kodo. It's a track that I've been to. I went that year when there was the big rainstorm 2021 and 
it was just chaos the whole the whole time um but it is a stunningly beautiful venue like an amazing venue so you know world class and i think to see two formula 1 drivers at a formula 1 you know track um will be amazing i'm going to stick alongside that for the first time it feels like nascar is is going on the upswing sure we may not have the ratings from week to week but it feels like there's bigger and better name brands that want to race for example like danny just said we have kimi raikkonen we have jensen button we have connor daly we have jordan taylor filling in for chase Elliott, and we have jimmy johnson all racing next week i mean when was the last time we had that many guests that are racing on a one-off in nascar i cannot remember and it just goes to show you that nascar is not fading into the oblivious it's not fading into the depths of the sea no this is sure that they struggled for the past couple of years sure that there may have been some some rough stretches after the retirements of of jimmy and carl and danica and jeff and junior thing is we're making other big names william byron's making a name we saw kyle larson chase elliott's obviously chase elliott we still have Martin Truex Jr. and Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin. This is Kevin Harvick's uh, swan song, his farewell tour. However, we have these brand names that are still returning. And for people to say NASCAR is dying, I just I can't I can't believe that in any stretch of the imagination when you have two Formula One champions coming to want to race because they have seen that this is awesome. We've seen a a guy that has been conquered x games and travis pastrana won the daytona 500 we've seen rumors like elio castroneves wanted to join maybe daniel ricardo sometime soon so this is going in the right step for nascar now can they build off it and can they grow time will tell but for now it's looking good and and just just one final point to build on what you said three sellouts and you were at vegas and that was a pretty big crowd for vegas right not a sellout but a pretty big crowd so that's a sign with those fans like in in the in the stadium in the, at the track like that's that's a really good you know supplementary sign to build on your point sorry you can have oh no last. you're totally good i, I completely agree i wasn't trying to steal the last one <laughs> you're, you're totally good my friend um with that being said danny last but not least promote your social media and then what are you going to be cooking up um on on uh, frontstretch.com my friend so uh, at Danny Peters, say in American or at Danny Peters in British. Um, so it's my Twitter handle. And this week I'm actually going to write about um, what it's like to be a photographer at a, at a NASCAR race. So it's just giving the, 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 the readers of the site, like a little peek behind the curtain, what that, what that's like at the track and, you know, how, uh, how, how much fun it is. Cause it's a, uh, you know, we, we have the pleasure and, the great fortune of going to the track to cover it, you know, properly and professionally for front stretch. And it, I've always considered it to be such a great, a great honor to have that privilege and, and to be a photographer and to sit in some of those photo holes with, you know, the cars going 200 miles an hour, just feet away from you and feeling that hot air and the wind and the stuff flying up off the track. It's like, <laughs> By the way, it's like Christmas, Easter, birthday, Thanksgiving, all rolled into one for me. So that's what I'm going to write about this week. I, I Man, I am pumped to uh, to read that article. Once again, frontstretch.com for all the latest, including that, uh, that article coming next week on the website. Danny, thank you so much for coming on. You are a breath of fresh air, my friend. Um, and it is an absolute joy having you on. And l- let's talk. Actually, 
Um, we'll probably have you on before Sonoma. So I was going to say, let's have you on before Sonoma, but it'll probably be a little bit earlier than that, my friend. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you for having me on. Thank you for the uh, altogether too generous kind words. I will take <laughs> thank them. And as I said, it's on its way. Big thanks to everybody that supports the program at Danny Peters, at the Brian Owen, and then at Front Stretch. Coming up this week, new episode of Through the Gears, and then a new episode of Stock Car Scoop, the Pit Straight podcast with Alex and Jack Swansea. Also, is going to be coming out shortly, so stay tuned to that. But big thanks to all of our listeners. Next week, we're going to be recapping Atlanta and previewing Coda, so it should be a great time for Mr. Danny Peters. I am Brian Timothy Delnall. Thank you so much for joining us. Talk with you next week here on the Front Church Podcast with Brian Nolan.